blue, blue, blue. Let's go. Weekend action in the USL. Uh, the midweek games. I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. It doesn't seem like the bigger dogs come through like they used to. Used to be able to get a miss. <laughs> yes, they used to. Like it was a good old days, like a couple months ago. But like, uh, it feels like it's been a long time since uh, I've been able to take you know, two to four bigger dogs that are mispriced, uh, get a dollar or more of closing line value. And if you're not, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with closing line value or, or what that means, like the dollar, um, a good example would be San Antonio, uh, going against El Paso. They opened it plus 410. I took that immediately because I knew that was too high. They closed at like plus 275. Uh, so that's, you know, a dollar 35 in value. Um, I got, I got a, a similarly good price with, uh, with Colorado Springs. I took a little bit with Tacoma and just none of them got home. Uh, and it used to be, you know, used to be where in a set in a, in a batch of games like that, you could bet two to four bigger dogs like that one, at least one would come home for you. And, uh, help you level out the week. If you got lucky, two of them would get there, and boom, just the, off those two games alone, uh, you're in the black for the for the for that batch of games. But um, yeah, dog days of summer. It's getting tougher. It's getting tougher. Hopefully, uh, we can find some value uh, going into the weekend's games. By the way, both teams to score is going to be the name of the game going into uh, going into these because. Um, uh, yeah, I see a lot of a lot of uh, value, a lot of opportunities there. Let's start by looking at what happened midweek. Just a brief look at the games. Uh, Wednesday, October, October. Goodness, my mind's already in October. Wednesday, August four. Um, we had about what seven games here. Nothing was too surprising. Uh, a red card found in a couple games. Uh, El Paso, uh, they conceded a red card in the 77th, uh, but that wasn't before uh, getting two goals on San Antonio and blanking San Antonio. Uh, good outing from them. Not a surprising finish uh, in that game, but definitely one it's worth noting because uh, San Antonio and their little resurgence here, El Paso is the only, only team that they can't seem to get past in El Paso. Uh, along with Phoenix, uh, best form in the USL right now. Uh, nothing else was actually all that surprising. Birmingham bounced off their 2-2 draw to, to beat Atlanta. Uh, I guess hard for Miami drawing at 1-1. I think what's surprising about this is, is it was only a two-goal two game, uh, although Miami had chances they just could not finish. Um, Austin, I, I think Austin upsetting Colorado is probably the surprise of the midweek games. Uh, simply because um, Colorado's more potent than that. Haji Berry didn't come on until this until the second half, but he was essentially useless the entire uh, the entire match. And they missed a couple opportunities to get the game winner, and then they concede uh, the game loser essentially later in the match. And uh, that is that. Uh, last night, Tacoma Defiance couldn't find the game winner against Sacramento, even though they had the chances. Sacramento. Their goal was an easy. I mean, they got really lucky. Tacoma blew uh, blue coverage and then couldn't recover, and then boom, uh, Sacramento gets an easy one. So uh, that goal line definitely misleading uh, in a uh, in a way. So um, tonight's matches are going off. Uh, what do I got? I got I have Tampa plus one fourteen. I have Charlotte 
Uh, I think I got them at like plus 110 or plus 105 or something like that. And then uh, Charleston, Pittsburgh, I got under two and a half, but pff, that got, that line's long gone, and that, that number's already moving all the way down to two, which I think is actually too low, to be completely honest. I mean, I think the I think the number should be two and a quarter. Uh, two's probably too low. That's probably you're probably looking at a push, uh, but a one nil match here isn't is probably more likely than uh, than not. So I guess I mean when I think about it that way, two's probably the right number. But man, two's too small for. Um, for a couple sides that can score, uh, but th this will be a defensively-minded mi uh, game. Anyhow, we are looking into, what, the 8, 10, 11 games going into the weekend. Let's see what we got here. Like I said, both teams to score, I believe, is going to be the theme. Let's see what happens here. Let me make this font bigger in my notes. <laughs> it's my, it's, I always have to squint to read this. You would think I would just learn to to make the font bigger. All right, Louisville City versus Kansas City. Kansas City has been struggling more and more as of late. A, a team that could sort of reliably score but not win has been struggling to kind of score as of late. But um, Louisville continue to be the dominant side that they are. Uh, Sporting Kansas City 2 lost 2-1 two to one hosting Memphis on Sunday. Louisville will be on a full week's rest here. Uh, last besting OKC. 2-1 to one at home. Lucidity is obviously the better side uh, in just about every way imaginable. This line is already out. I will not be betting the side or the total because it's it's inflated and it's there's not enough coming back the other way. Uh, but I think that both teams to score at, at minus 110 is actually a really good look. Even considering SK2's tr trouble in scoring as of late, they have managed to score against Louisville in their past five matchups, and then that includes two games this season. Um... This is, you know, Louisville, I think, is the clear winner, but I think uh, inside of 90 minutes, I think Sporting Kansas City to find at least one goal, minus 110 on the yes there. I wouldn't bet that much higher than minus 120, minus 125, though. Um, the minus, minus 110, you're looking at a 52.5%-ish uh, break-even rate. And I think with those implied probabilities, I like that. But the, but you know, you're probably not getting more than 55, 50 percent, 56 percent, you know, uh, chances of both teams. Yeah, it might be a little more than that with with these two teams' history. But I wouldn't go much further. No, just simp because Kansas City has had trouble scoring recently. Uh, minus one ten, I'd better up to minus one twenty. I wouldn't go much further than that though. Tulsa versus Birmingham. Both teams played midweek. Tulsa lost at home two to nil against. In the 11, despite having the better expected goals of that game, Birmingham bounced back from their 2-2 draw against Atlanta United to beat them 3-1. After seeing the both teams to score yes market get overvalued last week, I'm actually pleasantly surprised to see it go the other way this week. This line is out as well. And again, I will not have action on the side or total, but I do like the yes on both teams to score at minus 116. I think Tulsa... Um, is reliable at home, even though they couldn't get one against Indy. They're still reliable at home, I believe. And Birmingham, they're in good form uh, for finishing their chances. And I'll take the short odds on both of these teams to find the back of the net inside of 90 minutes. Oklahoma City Energy versus Memphis 901. Memphis 901 still with the club name that I dislike the most, I believe. Uh, but this match, uh, this is a match that I uh, will not be, that I will not bother watching, and I would not watch it if it was the only match going on. That's not true. I like watching USL. I'd watch it if it was the only match on. But goodness, there's not much that really wants me uh, to to watch this match. 
Neither of these sides are really all too exciting. Memphis is visiting OKC in slightly better form uh, than their host club, having beat the struggling sporting Kansas City 2 2 to 1 on Sunday. Oklahoma City lost. 2-1 against the mighty Louisville, but they did manage to score a goal in that match. That's notable. Uh, this is the third and last match for the weekend in which lines are already out at the time in which I record this. So this is the only preview that I have a little bit of information on as far as where the lines are going to be. Oklahoma City ha has a nice uh, .9 expected goal against at home. And they have blanked their opponents four of the last five matches, including their last match against Memphis. The total opens where it should at 2.25. That's two and a quarter. That's Again, that's an Asian line. It's a split between a two and a two and a half. No play for me uh, on this match, but I will tweet anything if I like where the line moves going into tomorrow. I think... Um, I, I do think there's a chance that Memphis sees some sees some action um, as they've I don't know they seem to get some love in the market in in places where I think it's where it's an even match where I think this is uh, Memphis has seen um, love from the market going into game day so if that happens we'll see how it adjusts and I'll tweet if I decide to uh, to tweet anything that's at football is life f u t or football bet is life I'm sorry f u t b o l bet is life. Colorado Springs versus Hartford Athletic. The both teams to score market should open at, yes, minus 210 on this one. Uh, we have two solid offenses with defenses that can be scored on by quality chances. Colorado Springs had chances for a game winner on Wednesday in Austin, but ultimately conceded a match-losing uh, match goal. Hartford Athletic were lucky to walk away with a point against Miami as the South Florida side squandered a few brilliant opportunities. I mean, they had some good Good spots where they just could not make it happen. I'll play the both teams to score market um, if it's dumb enough to open at minus 170 or better. I'm not going to go higher than that, but this is probably the furthest. Uh, this is probably the most chalk I'm willing to eat um, this season so far on both teams to score. I just think, I mean, they, I just looking at these two sides and the way in the ways that they scored, the ways that they concede goals. I think this is a perfect matchup for both of these teams to find the back of the net. Um, I'll also take the switchbacks at anything plus money. I think they're the better side. I think they're more dangerous. Hartford Athletic, here's the thing. Hartford Athletic, if you're someone who likes to bet in-game, and I do, I do like betting in-game. I've calmed down a lot as it goes into the middle of the season because, like I said, the, the, the games just aren't as... The, the games either aren't as predictable as they were just a month or two ago... And where you need them to sort of be variable, they're not as much, right? And what I mean by that is um, where you think like, okay, these two teams are going up against each other. This team's clearly better. Um, those those games seem to be ending in draws more, you know? Like it, it's not um, where, where you think you have the better side that's not quite getting home the way it used to. And when you take those big dogs, um, you're not getting the variance that you need out of a sport like soccer at the second tier uh, for those to come home. So I've been pulling back not only a little bit on my on the pre-flop betting, uh, but I have also been sort of calming down my in-game betting a little bit. But but Hartford Athletic really good. I mean, they have a really good opening scheme against these teams. I don't know what it is about their game prep, but every week I think okay. This is, the, you know, they they can match up well, but the other side's better. I thought the same thing with Miami. I thought the same thing with Tampa Bay weeks ago. 
I think the same thing here with Colorado Springs, but I have to be honest with myself. Hartford know how to score an early goal, so um, I will take Colorado Springs at plus money going into the match pre-flop, but I'm also going to be watching a game, and if Hartford gets that early goal, I'm going to come right back on Colorado Springs, especially if I can get uh, plus half a goal um, on the live line, knowing that Colorado Springs will have an opportunity to bounce back and make that an even game. So um, that's an approach to take with Hartford games, in my opinion. If you like the over here, um, bet it early because whether it opens at two and uh, two and three quarters or three, that's only going to go up, in my opinion. People are going to know that goals are goals come out of these teams. Um, that number is only going to go up. El Paso versus Austin Bold. El Paso. Proved to everyone that they are the powerhouse that we think they are. They murked San Antonio 3-0. And even though 3-0 isn't a steep uh, um, run line, man, San Antonio with so much like energy coming into that just gets blanked. Austin pulls off the win against the mighty Colorado that we mentioned before. The market has to respect El pa uh, Austin's win against Colorado, but El Paso is just too good. If this opener gives Austin's defense the credit it normally does, I'll take the El Paso at plus money. Uh, but if, if El Paso opens with chalk, I'll look to take the under 2.5 as I think Austin's defense is, is good enough to keep this uh, game slow and controlled, even though I think it's probably going to end up being 1-0, 2-0 El Paso. Maybe, maybe a draw if, if Austin can squeak one by, but uh, I can't imagine there being too many goals in this match. Orange County versus LA Galaxy 2. LA Galaxy 2 uh, may be my favorite team to fade, other than Oakland. Um, well, and Hartford, obviously. We know I like to uh, fade Hartford, but uh, that's that's more a glutton for punishment than it is anything else. Orange County reminds us who they are with a 3-0 victory in Oakland um, uh, after a winless run of four matches. Orange County went four matches without a win, uh, despite their quality. Uh, but they end up finally getting the win over over Oakland. LA Galaxy 2 only have one win in six matches, and it was against the league-punching bag Oakland. Anybody seeing a, a theme here? Uh, the last time LA won an away match was in Orange County, which is interesting. Uh, you'd have to go back to 2018 to find a match involving these two squads where both teams didn't score. I will take the both teams to score, yes, a minus 150 or better, if last week was any indication of how this market moves, I can't imagine it opens that short. But if it does, I will bet it. And I'll also take Orange County at minus 120 or better, since I do believe they're the better side, and LA Galaxy just isn't... I mean, they have potential. I mean, Hernandez and Judd, I mean, they, they can, but they just don't. And I will continue to fade uh, teams that just don't. Uh, Las Vegas versus Phoenix riding, rising Vegas found victory their last time out when, uh, which was Tuesday of last week. So Vegas on some rest here. Uh, they beat orange County three to one in that outing. Phoenix joins El Paso as uh, the top two teams in form at the moment, having won five and drawn just one of their last six. Phoenix is clearly the better side here, but Vegas may still find a way to score one. They eked out one goal back in May when Phoenix trampled them 5-1. I'll look to take Phoenix at minus one on the goal line, as I do think they're the clear winner here, and it, I would not be surprised to, to see another... 3-4 uh, goal outing uh, as Vegas definitely is vulnerable on the back to a potent offense like Phoenix. Um, but the money line is going to be too steep on Phoenix. I wouldn't bother laying the chalk. I would just uh, take the minus one at a more reasonable price. 
I will also look to bet the both teams to score, yes, hopefully closer to minus 140, minus 150. Uh, probably no more than minus 140, actually, because I do need to respect the fact that Phoenix will probably uh, control possession. So uh, Vegas's chances will just be fewer and far further between because of that. But I do think Vegas can get one. San Diego versus Real Monarchs. San Diego beat LA 2 at the beginning of the month. Real got whooped 3-0 by Rio Grande Valley. Real is a weird team. Um, they managed to score in tough spots, but they just can't manage to win or even be consistent with that scoring. San Diego is the clear better side here. San Diego minus 120 or better, and I'll take both teams to score at minus 130 or better. San Diego really likes it when both teams score, <laughs> get a goal before the game is over, so I need to keep riding that train. Um, but yeah, that's that's as simple as I think that game gets. San Diego is clearly the better side. Real Monarchs can score quality cho- uh, ch- um, uh, chances, and San Diego is just the team to to make that happen. Going into the Sunday games, Tacoma versus Oakland. Tacoma could not find the winner against Sacramento in a game where they were clearly leaning forward for most of the match. Oakland continues to not win games or score goals or do anything that a soccer club should be doing. This is simple, and until they prove me otherwise, I'll be fading Oakland in two ways. I am backing their opposition to win, which I will take Tacoma here, and I am betting that Oakland will not score, whether that be a team total under or a clean sheet. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I will not be betting, even though I'll be betting separately Tacoma and separately the team total under or the clean sheet, I will not be looking to take a win to nil here yeah, I'm not going to be looking at taking a win to know here because uh, Tacoma, as much as I like them here, they don't have a potent offense. They have a capable one, but it's not too potent. Oakland has shown us um, against teams closer to the bottom of the standings that they can, their defense is good enough to maybe slow down an offense. So um, I will take those two separates um, and hope that they, you know, hopefully they still both win. Uh, but if they don't, uh, I'll take the splits um, and just call it a day. But um, Tacoma should not be good enough to get to open at chalk, so the line should be fair enough to uh, to bet. Atlanta United 2 versus Indy 11-2. These next two games are going to be boring to cover because I don't think I have a play on either of them. Um, how do you even handicap this one? Atlanta, Indy. Atlanta played back-to-back games against Birmingham, drawing one, losing the other. Indy, Indy 11 managed to beat Tulsa on the road. Both teams are in poor form. Both are generally underwhelming, and there really isn't a result between these two teams that would surprise me. Unless the opener is egregious one way or the other, I don't think I'm on this game at all. Uh, Rio Grande Valley versus San Antonio. Same same idea, just other end of the spectrum. Both these teams are good. Both of these teams can do a lot. Um, but it's such a close matchup, I don't think I'm going to bother again. RGV last blanks Real Monarchs in a 3-0 victory, I'm sorry, on the road. San Antonio's fun. Since the resurgence keeps on going and going, but it gets rained on again by El Paso. Um, in their past, what, six or seven games, they've they've won all except for their two matches against El Paso, which, they, uh, which they've, been, they've been beat. This isn't an even match for me. I, I think that uh, I might play first half over one, as San Antonio does get things going pretty early in the game. They're a strong starter. Um, if the over is juiced too much, or if it's like one and a quarter, I'll stay off of it. But if it's a flat one, 
Um, then I will take the over, assuming that it's a push at worst. Um, that's that's I think what, where I'm gonna go with this. But otherwise, um, I'm I'm just gonna just enjoy this match probably. Uh, it could actually be a boring match if uh, depending on how these two teams match up. But I think it's I think it's even, and I think these two te two game two teams are good enough where uh, any scoreline would um, would not surprise me. Okay, well that's it for the weekend. Uh, EFL. You know what? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna I'm gonna cover this briefly right now on the fly. How about that? Um, if you're only in this for USL, that uh, chatter has stopped. I am briefly going to talk about a couple things in the English Football League. That is, and for anybody who's who's uh, unfamiliar with that. Um, that is tiers two, three, and four in England. It does not count the Premiership. The Premier League is its own league. It's technically, I guess, sort of part of the. It's part of the same structure, but EFL specifically focuses on Championship, League One, and League Two, the second, third, and uh, fourth tier in England. And the English Premier League is possibly the most efficient league betting market in the entire world. Probably more so than the NFL. Want to know why? Because the entire world is betting it. And where the NFL it gets plenty of action in the U.S. and parts of Europe and stuff, nothing is getting bet more worldwide than, than the Premier League. But leagues that aren't getting bet as much included English Championship, English League One, and uh, English League Two. Let's start with English Championship. Uh this, um, and I'm look, briefly going to look at team futures here, and um, uh, you probably don't have time to bet this prior to um, prior to today's one match, but by, when that match is over, these lines should not have moved much. Um, but the, ch the championship is interesting because you have two, you have, or you have a few teams that just dropped from the Premier League, um, right? Because everybody knows how uh, it works with uh, promotions and relegations, right? Bottom teams get relegated to the tier below. Teams from below get um, uh, get promoted up, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure you can hear the ding that my my computer demands now that I'm in the middle of a podcast that I uh, that I do an um, an upgrade here. Um, Look, there's a lot of really good resources out there, so I'm not going to act like I have uh, the best advice or um, that I have some like secret nugget of information that's really going to uh, give you the, the edge. But I did pay a lot of attention to uh, England League Eng England League One and Two are the two leagues that I have grown to know and understand the most um, in the past year. USL was something I really got into last summer, and then following it, I got really deep into League One and League Two, especially because I had a whole, uh, a whole city, uh, I had a huge exposure on whole city to win League One that, that finally got home, which was awesome, um, but I do have a couple of opinions on, um, on some future bets in these leagues, um, and I will say, something, something that's really important to know about this is... This is a long season. Match day one, it's tomorrow. This weekend is when everything starts. It goes until May, right? I mean, this is a long season. You only want to bet futures if you believe that this is the 
closest you're going to get to the best odds in the season. That's a little easier to determine in a shorter season like NFL. Um, you can maybe make a case that you could f- figure out wh- you know, what this might look like in baseball when you think about like the tread deadline. You can kind of do it in, in uh, soccer with like the, um, with the transfer window and such. But um, there are a couple that I do happen uh, to like here at the beginning of the season because I think there's a good chance it doesn't go too much further um, in the other direction. And I think these teams, from what I, from what I understand, have a shot. Uh, let me make sure that I have my, um, my things open here. Uh, futures. League One. All right, we'll start with... Uh, we'll start with uh, England Championship to win outright. This is just to win outright. I'm not going to get into the uh, – There's like, again, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at footballbetislife, F-U-T-B-O-L, betislife. I will have retweeted or mentioned things that I think are good resources. Check that stuff out. But right now, you can get uh, – in the in England Championship, you can get Fulham at 5-1 to one or better. Don't take it less than that. Five or one or better, you can find it. I don't think this number gets too much the other way. Like I, I think Fulham is going to start strong. They are, they are a very experienced Premier League side that underperformed and got unlucky in some spots last year. I actually think that they shouldn't have been relegated, but because of poor form and some you know unlucky spots, they end up getting relegated. Um, I think that, you know, the differences in a few matches is the differences between being able to bet, bet on them here in championship and, or not. This, I mean, I don't think they can get much further unless they are just dead. I mean, unless they're just horrible, uh, which is possible for any club. Uh, but they should be, uh, men among boys in a way here, uh, in the championship five to one is a good spot to get them on early on. Like I said, I, I they should be successful enough to where this doesn't go too much deep lower than that. Um, and I'm going to have, I'm going to get a piece of them here at five to one at the other end of championship going at the, the more higher odds, you can get Peterborough at 66 to one. I don't think that Peterborough is going to be valued any much further than this because I think they become a middle of the table team um, in decent form. They have the qualities to surprise some people, and I think they have the edge on on middle of the middle of teams. I mean, their their carryover from last season on important important players uh, is pretty good. Um, experimental three nine one or three six one three six one. Experimental three six one on. Twitter tweeted out um, sort of uh, the churning rate, the churn rates on on players who left who left the team or stayed with the team based on the amount of minutes they they played last season. Peterborough, I mean, some of their main players are still around, including Clark Harris, um, who was the Golden Ball winner last year in League One with 31 goals. He's still around. If he can find a way to score against these championship sides, Peterborough's going to do all right. Um, I will take them at 66 to 1 because I don't think they get much lower than 50, 50 to 1 uh, through the rest of the season because they are a competitive side. Um, and I think this is this may be the most value you get on them. Um, 
going over to League One. Goodness, my uh, my browser is horrible here. Going over to League One to win outright. I've heard people make a lot of. Ca- I've heard people make cases for Sunderland and Ipswich, uh, Lincoln City. I don't know. I just kind of don't buy it. To be completely honest, I just I just don't kind of I don't don't really buy Ipswich. Sunderland let their their key striker go. They he went to Wigan. At the top end here, I'm actually going to go with Charlton, uh, who you can find at twelve to one or better. I kind of like I like Wigan this this year too. I want to wait a few weeks to see. I want to see if I want to see how Charlie White does in Wigan, who came over from Sunderland. If he does all right over there, and Wigan looks like they're going to be able to find their footing, I'll wait to sort of see if there's a good spot uh, to take them. You're probably going to find better than eleven to one at some point this season, so I'm not putting a bet here. But Charlton, I think, is going to be at the top. Uh, is going to be up there in that like top six uh, category. I think twelve to one's a decent uh, a price for them here. I also like Oxford United at fourteen to one. Um, Oxford United had a lot of great, uh, had a few, few, um, uh, sort of segments of their schedule last year where they found really good form. Um, I, I think they do the same thing this, this year. Um, they're definitely a team that if they ever get into the 20 to one range throughout the season, I might just take a little piece at them sort of going in throughout the season, um, depending on, on how they're performing. But I think this is a team that, um, you know, can find nice streaks of form uh, and find themselves climbing the table at any given point. So, uh, Charlton twelve to one, Oxford fourteen to one, and then um, I took a very very tiny little piece of Morecambe at one hundred twenty five to one, only because they've had so much ch- uh, turnover, um, but they've had a couple key sp- spots hold where like I kind of in the same reason that I took Austin FC going into the MLS season. Um, it's just such a new look that it's going to be different even for their opposition, right? So, like, there's nothing there's nothing to really, like, to plan for, really, because we've never seen this ensemble together. Anyways, 125 to 1, like, very small, very small, like, uh, if it loses, I won't be upset about it, bet. But uh, just taking a small piece here in case they, they find some footing early. And then lastly, we have League 2. League two. Where's my? Oh, of course I. Uh, United Kingdom, England. League two. There we go. Um, I like Exeter City fourteen to one. This is a team that I had uh, a futures bet on last year, and they just they lost some key matchups. Um, they lost matchups against other teams that were in that top six range, and they just lost so much. They lost so much ground that way. Um, that uh, they just there was no way they were going to overcome it, but uh, I had Exeter middle of the season. I thought I ha- I got them at twelve to one. I thought I got a steal of a deal on them, and then they just could not win in crucial matchup matchups. Uh, I think that they are still that competitive team, um, and I'll take them here at the opener at fourteen to one because now that some of the other competition has purged a little bit for uh, with promotion and such. Um, that I think they're going to be able to hang around the top of the table a little bit more easily this year. Uh, last year, like Forest Green, I think is uh, a decent look. Carlisle's a decent look, but the, I, I I do. What's interesting about League Two, right? You're talking about the fourth tier. The gap between sort of low, like the the upper part of the middle part of the table and the lower part of the middle table, 
like it's not really that much, right? I mean, any of these teams, you know, on any given day can can pull off a, an upset. Um, that said, I, I do think Exeter fourteen to one. Uh, that's a good look. Teams like Bradford, Salford City, uh, Forest Green, Carlisle. These are teams that, unless they start out well, uh, you might be able to find them in interesting situations where maybe that number gets a little higher, right? And so that's why I'm not so weak. But Exeter, I think, uh, hangs around. There's nothing at the bottom of this table that I like. Uh, there's no long shot in League Two, in my opinion. The only one would be Crawley City at 40 to one, simply because they have uh, they kept a, they, I believe it was Crawley City. They kept a lot of people coming around. So they have some consistency year over um, year over year, but um, I don't think they climb the table enough to actually make that forty to one even worth it. Now that I said that, they'll uh, they'll be league league leader in <laughs> just a few weeks. But um, Exeter City fourteen to one, the only spot that I'm gonna take here in League uh, Two. Um, okay, it has been a pleasure talking to each of you about the USL and now the EFL. Good luck with all your bets. Again, none of this is meant to uh, sort of convince you to um, uh, to ride with me, fade me all you want. If you you know, if you're listening to me, like I don't think he's right about that. Take this side; you will not hurt my feelings. This is just about processing uh, bets, processing the handicap, processing the way we approach these uh, the way we approach these games. Okay, uh, I will be back Monday to talk more USL. Um, and sort of my first response to EFL sides and what happened over the weekend. Uh, enjoy a nice weekend of League uh, League 2 in France is, is back. That's They're underway. EFL are getting up and going. Soccer is back, baby. See you later.